In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. It should strike us, I think, how personally Jesus speaks in this verse to Martha. He starts off his little admonishment of her by repeating her name. And he isn't being harsh. He's being familiar. He's being fatherly. He is speaking to her heart. And so as we consider what Jesus says to Martha, maybe we should consider that Jesus speaks to our hearts as well. We could begin applying this gospel by substituting our own names in for Martha. He could just as well be saying, Ryan, Ryan, you are worried and distracted by many things, and it would absolutely be the truth. And I would wager to guess that you are also worried and distracted by many things. You're worried about the task of the coming week. You're anxious about some emotion you feel. You're worried about a problem within your family, within your life. And maybe it's that the worries and the anxieties aren't that serious. They're just the regular mundane worries of living. Or maybe they are serious. Maybe they are those kinds of worries that exhaust you emotionally. In any case, the root of most of our anxiety and our worries is always a failure to be present in the moment. Much of our worry comes when we begin to ask, what if? What if that had never happened? What if this decision is wrong? What if the bills don't get paid? What if this appointment goes bad? What if I get bad news? So on. We worry about the what ifs. Martha, too, in our gospel, is worrying about the what ifs. What if dinner doesn't get fixed and the Lord isn't properly served under my roof? What if Jesus isn't impressed by my hospitality? What if Jesus thinks I'm a bad host? What if Jesus thinks I'm incompetent? What if Jesus leaves and doesn't come back? What if? And so Martha busies herself with doing what she believes the Lord needs her to do. And she's distracted by all the questions, all the little worries of life that Jesus tells her she is missing the one thing necessary. The Greek of what Jesus says literally reads, the one need. She's missing the one need. There is one need. And it's not making sure that dinner is on the table in a prompt time. It's not making sure that the bills are all paid. It's not making sure everyone around you is satisfied and content. Those are not the one need. Likely, those are the things we worry about the most. Those are the things we likely expend much of our energy on. Those are the things that weigh us down. But none of these practicalities of life are the one need. The one need Jesus refers to is to receive his word in this present moment. That is to be ministered to by God's word at this very moment. That's our one need. We know this because Mary has chosen to receive this one need, this one thing. Verse 39 says of Mary that she sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. 
All right, I don't really love this translation because the Greek reads more literally like this. Mary sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his word. It's the Greek word logos, which is often translated as word or message. It's not that just Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet, doting on him as they chat about the weather. No, she is enamored by his message, his word. That's what's captivating Mary in our gospel. And of course, we know that message. It's the message that the Son of God has come to bring the forgiveness of sins. The message is that God so loved the world that he gives his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him will have everlasting life. His message is that the kingdom of God is at hand. God's salvation is at work. And now there is peace between sinners and between their creator. That is what Mary is clinging to in this moment. That's why she can't be bothered helping with dinner or with the dishes. The word that she is now a forgiven child of God is ministering to her heart in that moment. Why should she be caught up and worried about dinner when the Lord is sharing with her the words of life, the most important words of her life? Yes, and I know that some of you are very practical people. In fact, in Sunday school, I've already heard that some of you claim to be Marthas, even though your name is Mary, you're a Martha. And so I know on a practical level, we get caught up on this and we think, yes, but. Yes, the word of God is the most important thing for me, but somebody has to cook dinner. Somebody has to do the dishes. Somebody has to pay the bills. Somebody has to worry about such and such, and you're right, of course. But in this story, where is Martha's heart? She sees Mary sitting, receiving this word of life, and she thinks, why isn't she over here helping me? Martha isn't living in the peace of knowing that the Lord who loves her, the Lord who has come for her, is sitting under her roof. But rather, Mary's heart is caught up in the performance of service. She is trying to find her own kind of peace in her own busyness. And it's not that Jesus admonishes Martha for preparing dinner while Mary sits. It has nothing to do with Martha's service or Martha's vocation. It's that Martha's heart is not at peace. What Martha is lacking is that she's not there to receive the word of the gospel. Like Martha, the things we get anxious about are often legitimate. There really are family problems to deal with. We really do need to get dinner on the table. We really do have financial worries to contend with. But in the present, are our hearts being shaped by being receptive to God's word? Or are they being shaped by trying to get all the things done? Are they being shaped by trying to do all of the right things? St. Augustine records his famous prayer in his confessions, You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. Until all the anxieties and worries of life are ordered in the light of the gospel, then they lead us to having restless hearts. They will lead us to have hearts like Martha here, who feels she has to perform well to impress the Lord. Not that she has to receive the words of life from him, but that she has to do. Martha's heart is restless in this story 
Because it's not ordered first and foremost around receiving God's word. Her heart is ordered around trying to do good things for the Lord. And of course, we want to do good works for the Lord. But we must never suppose that our true standing before him, that our true value as children of God, comes from doing those good works. Our true good works flow from having a heart that first and foremost rests in what he has for us. It's probably not coincidence that Luke puts this story right after the story of the Good Samaritan. We can be tempted to believe that our relationships are made right with God by being a good neighbor. If we're kind, if we take care of people, if we do good things, then we will be right with God. But this is the wrong way. If we take that approach, we'll end up with restless hearts like Martha. Hearts that miss the gift of Christ's word to us. But it's not that we aren't supposed to make dinner. It's not that we're not supposed to take care of others or be good Samaritans. Of course we are. But all of these things will only contribute to our restlessness if we don't first understand that the gospel is a gift to us. The gospel is what God is giving to us, not what we're doing for God. The gospel is what we receive at the feet of Jesus. And a busy and productive life is a great temptation for many of us because it will just keep us from the feet of Jesus. But a heart at rest comes when we receive God's word at rest. And understanding that our rest comes from receiving God's word through his son, we are able to be present in this moment. We're able to be present even though we're anxious, even though we're worried, even though we have so much to do and so much to accomplish. We can take at any moment the truth that God is for us and be at rest. And so it's standing in a confidence of this truth that allows us then not to be defined by answering all of those what-if questions. It's standing in the confidence of the gift of the gospel for us that allows us not to be busy all the time for God and not to be restless. Instead, we're invited to sit at the feet of Jesus and to receive his blessed word from him. And that's the one thing you need this morning to receive from the Lord. Amen.